I forbid you to turn highwayman. His smile faded. Even if we had a pistol, I doubt we could buy the shot. Maman smiled, reaching to wrap one of Laura's errant curls around her finger. You and your ideas. How you would have shone. Do you remember France? A little, Laura admitted, gratefully escaping into the past. Soft carpets, parquet floors, slippers of satin with embroidered toes, a velvet-eared pony, and her favourite, a small theatre in their English-style gardens, done in shell pink and gold. All ash now, scattered in the wind. Her last memory of their home was of it burning. You would have made all the gentlemen laugh and fall immediately in love with you, her mother said. And now I charm the grocer, much more to the purpose, I think. Laura forced a smile. Jack would never leave, not so long as he thought they needed him. She would get the thirty pounds, and a career, something that paid better than stitching. Tonight. They cleared away the dishes, and Jack retired to his room to brood and study from borrowed books. Her mother sat down to the pile of sewing. Two of the costumes still needed alteration— and they were due within an hour at the theatre. Let me manage it. Laura plucked an old-fashioned lace stomacher from her mother's hands. Maman insisted they were fortunate just to be alive, but days like today, Laura didn't agree with her. Maman wasn't meant to be so exhausted, suffering from chapped hands and pricked fingers. In France, when she held a needle, it was for embroidery. You rest. I can carry them over and finish there. Laura said as she folded up the sewing. Her scheme wouldn't work if she had Maman for company. It's not too heavy, Maman asked. These days she looked like a stiff wind would blow her out the door. She hadn't noticed Laura taking in the burgundy silk bodice and lowering it an inch. Of course not. There was enough gauze in the bundle to lighten the stiff taffetas and heavy brocades. I'll make sure to ask Mr. Rollins for next week's costumes. Whether or not he'd send them, after her plan unfolded tonight. Are you unhappy? Mamma asked. When you smile, there's always a frown still in your forehead. I'm fine, don't worry, Laura said, to herself as much to her mother. Go to sleep, Mamma. Her mother hid a dainty yawn behind her fingertips. Very well. Good night, Laura. When Mamma said her name, The French pronunciation always came out. Slipping her feet into patterns, holding her bundle close, Laure, Seraphine, Edouard, Lecroix, Duplessis, now simply Laura Edwards, whisked down the stairs and into the street. Peter Sharp, who kept the back door of the theatre, was waiting for her. Running a little late, aren't we? Twice now a mightiness has sent down asking for a dress, he said. Laura shifted the bundle to her hip and laid her free hand on Peter's arm. I need you to help me. I already fobbed off her mightiness, he said, flashing his gap-toothed jack-o'-lantern smile. Laura pushed away her qualms. It was too late. She'd already altered the costume. Good of you, Peter, but I'm afraid I'm asking for much more. You in trouble? he asked, lowering his head and dropping his voice. The muscles in his forearm jumped beneath her fingers. Not exactly. I need a better job. 
she explained the predicament in a rushed, staccato whisper. I want her mightinesses. It wasn't fair to ask, but she couldn't manage without him. It was no small thing, plotting to dethrone the theatre's reigning actress, Mrs. Sylvia Long. You, an actress, Peter scratched the back of his grizzled head. That's no kind of job for a girl like yourself. Not so easy as it looks, either. Peter, I can do it. You know I can. You say the lines to me well enough, but... Well enough. Night after night, she had him in stitches, earning chuckles from the stagehands and quelling glares from the curtain pullers. Last week, Peter's sniggers had brought down an acid complaint from Mrs. Long and a threat to speak to Mr. Rollins, the manager. It's different on stage.